0: It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always alive as well on the free Odyssey app. So, uh, I don't know who gets fined here. But uh, I thought we were having Dave Johnson here. Apparently, we're having Dave at 615. Um, To Anthony's credit, this is the final hour of this radio show. And honestly, with the way things just went in that commercial break, in the last 15 seconds, while that song was playing, while while, uh, Harry Styles was playing there, Uh, Thank God this is the final hour of the show today. Uh, It will be great, though. Dave is going to join us at 6.15, and Mike Yam is going to join us at 6.30. So we got great guests coming up to carry us home. But um, I kind of kept looking at the call screener, and I was like, is he going to call Dave? It's a road game. Dave isn't on the Comrex like he is when he's at home. Is he going to call him? What's going on here? And so I look at Anthony, and he kind of looks at me, and I was like, he's looking at me like what are you looking at me for talk you idiot it's a radio show it's called the hoffman show not even though i contribute a lot it's not the craig and anthony show it is the hoffman show like you need to talk now i'm playing the open for the hour and um i'm like get on the, our little intercom system and i'm like attention passengers actually we don't have to do that for our uh, our intercom system i just hit a button and then i talk like a normal person to anthony but that's a fun little radio trick that we can do. Where we go, Kr-kr-kr. I sound like an airline pilot. Burr, 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 and I said the word intercom. And now I'm making dad jokes. Jesus Christ, this would be so much better if we had Dave Johnson right now. Um, and I look at Anthony and I was like, you going to call Dave? And he's like, I thought he was at 615. And so to your credit, Anthony, on the rundown, I do believe Dave said it says David 615 or initially it did. However, as I stare at the rundown right now that's in front of me, the, the, not the Google sheet, but the Google doc, we have a Google sheet that just lists like kind of topics and an actual document where we flesh out our notes. 6 p.m. guest Dave Johnson previews Wizards Knicks. I have for two hours on this show been saying Dave Johnson 6 p.m. and not once have you gotten in my ear and been like, Hey man, by the way, Dave's at 6:15. So the more I look at it, I got I got paper evidence and I got audio evidence that this 10-point fine is going on your ledger, sir.
1: Ooh, that steep. Is, eight. is uh, it fair, though? To be honest, I think it is fair because, listen to my rationale. <laughs> you might be. You might sympathize with me. First. For those that are uh,
0: listening, which is most of you, as opposed to the few of you that are watching or the percentage of you watching on YouTube, I am already. I have the fine board in front of me. We're about to put the points on, but go ahead. Give me your defense. We're out the sentencing hearing. You've already been found guilty.
1: Initially, we had Mike M at 6. We had TBD at 6.15, and we had Dave at 6.30. Correct. When I went into the dock, all I did was swap those two, and I forgot to swap the TBD with Dave. So that's why Dave is still listed at 6 p.m. as opposed to 6.15. I think we got. I got sidetracked.
0: So your defense— for why I should have sympathy for you is you did a bad job at your job.
1: I think we got sidetracked.
0: What did we get sidetracked by?
1: <laughs> I think Zaire called. I think that's what it was.
0: That's true. We did have a fun football discussion with Zaire I, Franklin.
1: I, I think that's yeah. where. That's not good enough.
0: What, 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 let me ask you this. What would Z say to that excuse?
1: Oh, He would just say, excuses are the monuments to nothingness. That's a good line. That's what he would say. Well, oh shoot.
0: I uh You gave yourself ten? I did, but it's a okay. You can I, keep five. I caught the error. Um honestly I... the, our biggest issue right now is our marker's dying.
1: I was hoping I would never have to pay the majority of the bill and this is the first time. I you are you've job. already locked that up. I know.
0: And with five more fine points, considering today oh man, this marker's like dead dead like it's totally out of ink. Mm. Mm. Uh Five more points, sir, and you uh I'll be there. why I'm trying to write anymore. There got to be another marker somewhere. This one's in the trash. Oh, I just totally missed the trash can down there, but it's all right, I'll get it in the break. Um Yeah, so that's that's why we don't have Dave Johnson right now. But the good news is we're going to have him in five minutes. What are we going to do in the two and a half minutes we need to fill here, Anthony? Uh, you have re- This is your chance to get five points reduced off your find by really? producing the radio show. I need a segment now. I needed it five minutes ago. I've killed as much time as I can.
1: Uh, I think we should talk about who do you think is most likely to get traded if the Wizards are going to do any more trades.
0: Oh, that's the- easy. Tyus Jones. Think so? I think Tyus and DeLon are the easiest. I think a fun discussion that. Where would you like sh-
1: to see him go? I don't care. I oh, care what yeah. comes back. Yeah, that too.
0: Here's here's the question: Would you trade Tyus for anything less than a first? I would, if like, but I would not trade him anywhere before what time is the deadline? Three o'clock? Four o'clock? I think it's four yeah, o'clock four. on on the eighth. Yep. Um. Like, if I have an offer for a bunch of seconds or whatever on the 7th, I'm like, either give me, give me a first and we're done or call me back tomorrow at 3.58 if you haven't heard of another Tyus Jones trade. It's risky because then you wind up maybe having to keep him through the summer. Um, and he is a pending free agent, I believe. Um, something I should know. Um, but I haven't my basketball capness has not been as sharp of late because we've been doing so much football and the Wizards have been more back of mind, the to top of mind. But yes, I am correct. Um, this is the final year of his contract, so you you have to trade him or you lose him for nothing, which is the whole point in kind of acquiring him was you know trade or was to eventually trade him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, for for. Him, I would want a first back. Delon, you get what you can get. Although I think he, like, if I'm looking for a backup point guard, I would almost be more interested in Delon than Tyus, depending on depending on the team. Like, if you're if you're a team that needs someone to run an op, a second unit, Tyus is great. If you need like the an league. extra wing defender, guard defender type, Delon's one of the better guys in the league for that. Yeah, um, which is hilarious because they're too they're stuck here doing not a lot of anything. Um, for this roster, but they could be very helpful on a better team.
1: I just think the Wizards, for us to, I guess, get ready for the future, we, we need to start putting things in motion. For sure. So I do think people need to,
0: surprising. like, we'll talk about this with David a, a little bit, too, because they obviously just made the trade with the Pistons, and it's like you take the super high upside swing on a guy like Bagley. He was a former number two overall pick, but – you just you just swing a lot. And that's what these second round picks are. Like they're swings. You know, if you wind up trading for 14 second round picks and one of them turns into a Draymond Green or a Nikola Jokic or even like, remember Michael Red back in the day? Yep. Like all he was an all-star whose career got cut way short by injury. But like you don't even need them to be Hall of Fame players. But you get an all-star in the second round, like that's a sick second round pick. And there's a couple of them floating around the NBA. But like, yeah take gigantic swings at lottery tickets with those guys. Um, but also, this is what the good teams do. Like, I don't... If someone like Will Dawkins would have to explain the value of it you know, more eloquently than I am. But, like, in OKC, they just t- took on a bunch of second-rounders and took on bad contracts, and eventually it worked out. You just create flexibility by doing that. So, um, at the end of the day, like, trade Tyus for what you can, trade DeLon for what you can. Kuz is the one that, that becomes really fun. If you can get two firsts for him... Which I think is feasible mm. considering what Pascal Siakam just got. Like, how much different are they as players? Siakam's got a ring. Siakam is a Who's better offensive too? player. That's true. But Siakam was a bigger part of his ring. Yeah. Um, he was probably the second best player on that team behind Kawhi. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kyle Larry has something to say about that. But, like, much better defender, better offensive player. But if he's worth three plus Bruce Brown. Is Kyle worth two? Probably.
1: Yeah, I could see it.
0: Is he? Is, you know, is Kyle Kuzma seventy to eighty percent of the basketball player that Pascal Siakam is? Yeah. So that's the fun one. Is is does any team? Ironically enough, I think the Lakers would be a very interesting fit. Um, I think the Warriors are a little bit interesting for Kuz too, um, considering, and both those teams have recent trade history with the Wizards. Um, different regimes, but. You get it. Actually, no, the the pool trade was with this one. So point is, like, there's interesting stuff there for sure. um, But I think the most likely 100% chance Tyus Jones is traded and, like, a 98% chance that Delon is. All right, Dave Johnson is, you know, actually next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always streaming live on the free Odyssey app. We're streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980 And now, officially, without any argument or confusion, it is time for Dave Johnson to join the program.
2: Time to get the radio party started.
3: Blocked by Malone, cool of um, Oh, boy, and he stuffed him. left the pool, it's there. Oh, that's a pool party. The basket slam right there. Oh, and there, they're stealing the slam. You better go on. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now. Foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll draw your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there! It's there! Big, big shot! On
2: the
0: Hoffman Show. Hey, hey, you better go Dave joins us from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden in New York, where tonight the Wizards will take on the Knicks at 7.30. Dave, how are you, sir?
3: You know, doing well, and, and it is a special place. It's New York City. It's Madison Square Garden. You know, you walk around, and the, the pictures of all the memories of the Big East tournaments and all the
0: oh, don't offenses. remind me, Dave. I'm yeah, an no, old no, Syracuse no, guy. Come on, don't do that to me.
3: I know. I know I shouldn't do that to you, but it, it is a, it is a special special arena. People always ask me about you know basketball arenas, and and uh, I always point out that that it's not like baseball stadiums, where you know baseball stadiums are referred to as cathedrals uh but uh, basketball arenas there's a lot of similarity uh from arena to arena but madison square garden from the ceiling is, is truly a special place
0: no it is and, and god the the biggest memories i have there for sure are are incredible um back in the day uh before syracuse left for and eh, we don't even talk about it uh so dave yeah. there's been so much that's happened since we last spoke uh with games on the weekend and uh, obviously you have the trade and i'm curious you know your initial thoughts on the first we know there's gonna this is the first of a couple that is likely going to come between now and the nba's trade deadline early next month but what did you make of this deal bringing in a couple of players from detroit
3: well this is uh this is what the process is, is going to be all about and it's it, you know Maybe the blockbuster deal will happen, but don't don't. It's not always about the blockbuster deals, or are the deals that you know or we we used to do with postgame callers that say, "Well, why don't we send two draft picks uh, to the Lakers for LeBron James or something?" <laughs> because those things uh, don't work out. But uh, what what for the Wizards? Uh, you, you knew at the start of the season, and they knew too. Mike Muscala did or Jalen that they might not see out the uh, the season. That that you know, depending on how things went for them. Some team pushing for the playoffs might say, you know what, we could use one of these guys. Uh, in this case, uh, Detroit gets expiring contracts. The Wizards, though, get uh, two players that are still very much in their prime. You know, still, let's use that old cliche, the upside, still very much have an upside. And, and it's not a long-term commitment. But, you know, it's a chance, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's a, it's a free look. At, at uh, Marvin Bagley and, and Isaiah Livers. Now, when I say free, you're still paying him 12.5 million a year in the case of Bagley, so uh, it's free in relative NBA terms. Uh, but again, in the case of Bagley, the other guy who was All Rookie First Team in 2018-2019. You know, wh- what level is he going to go to? Is it going to be the next level, or a year from now will the Wizards be moving on from him, or, or where's Livers going to go? This this is. You know, part when we talk about how teams get better in the NBA, uh, that's how it happens. You you make the right moves, you make the right trades, and you and you get quite um, frankly, I was going to use the term lucky, but you, you get the, the situation where the the player comes to you and it's the right fit and opportunity. That's what this league is all about. Again, you know Kyle Kuzma with the Lakers had one role. He comes to the Wizards, it's a different role, and he can graduate to that role. Some players get that opportunity and don't graduate so uh, certainly opportunity is going to be here from marvin bagley and isaiah livers
0: for sure and you know i'm curious uh i don't mean to be patronizing when i use this term i, I mean this in a compliment like I wonder how much of the trade on the Liver side of it is a buddy system deal. Um, we learned the other day, uh, I know Chase Hughes, uh, his, his video of this, of Livers' intro, got a lot of run, that uh, Livers and Jordan Poole are best friends. They were roommates back at Michigan. And we've talked so much this year about Jordan and trying to kind of allow him to find his groove after the the tumult of last year in Golden State. Um, has anyone talked uh, about you know, obviously, Livers is a, is a a full NBA player in his own right, uh, but how much of this trade and, and specifically targeting him has to do with trying to help Jordan refine himself?
3: I, you know, I, I just had a question, but I don't think it had anything to do with it. I, and I think, you know, we we're still have a whole other half of the season, and, and Jordan Poole is, is is getting into more of a rhythm on both uh, ends of the floor, and it's, it's not about Jordan Poole uh you know not happy here in in, in dc and needing a, a buddy or a best friend or that type of thing in fact you know isaiah livers you know shared that when at first uh jordan poole came here back in the fall he was talking about how much he liked the wizards organization and and how it, you know it, it, that it is an adjustment coming from you know one situation in golden state to a, a totally 180 situation um, in, in Washington, but but, the, but he knew he was coming to that. It was not a surprise. Again, what, it, what, but what the Wizards are going through is not um, uh, a surprise. This is a team that, that's not winning. We know why it's not winning. Uh, as we talk about Marvin Bagley coming here, um, uh, you know, I've said that the, the reason the Wizards' record isn't better is is because they give up too many second chance points, and they I, I don't know how many games this year they've actually won the rebounding battle. I think it's only like two or three. Uh, and you can't, you know. As much as we talk about stats, rebounding is, is such a part of the game. And that's, you know, I, I had a uh, guy show up at the Caesar Sportsbook the other night, and he was, you know, yelling at me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, uh, you got to give credit to the other team, and and uh, you know, I, it's not that the the Wizards don't want to be a better rebounding team, but you 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 know, sometimes the other team has better rebounding talent. Um, and in, in most cases, every team does. So that's, that's what a challenge on the Wizards. So tonight, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, we've got the Knicks and, and then, uh, no Daniel Gafford tonight because of a concussion. So Marvin Bagley is going to start tonight, um, mm. for the Wizards. So, uh, the arrival of Bagley will certainly, I believe, help in that category. And, and getting back to Livers' point, you know, the, the kind of role he plays is uh, is a role that's much coveted in the NBA. So, again, he's going to get a chance with the Wizards. Uh, we are the land of opportunity in terms of, <laughs> of we're trying to, to figure out who's going to be on this, this bus long term. And, and this is a process that you can point to that has been successful with teams that have successfully gone to rebuild. Now, again, we caution, as we just played Detroit, uh, Detroit, uh, you know, is in a situation where they're like, uh oh, wait a minute, we went through three years and we're we're still not better. So uh, you know, that's that's why the pressure is on. You know, you know, hope that one of these players hits uh, that that okay, we get a player in his prime, and he's and he's better than uh, he was in, in in previous stops, or he's he's back to a level that, that he can play at. And if, if we talked, I briefly talked to Marvin Bagley, you know, he he definitely believe. Uh, that he's excited about this opportunity because he knows the script is, is wide open in Washington. And, and this is, again, this is what we signed up for in terms of if we had, when I say we, the Wizards, if Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma, if we ran it back again and they stayed healthy, there's no question in my mind. You know, that's that's a playoff team, but how far? You know, this this is a, a dramatic uh, The situation the Wizards are in where they're saying, no, no, we're starting over. And that means uh, we're going to have to go through a season like this. And uh, some of the best moves, when we look back in hindsight, will not be blockbuster moves.
0: No, for sure. And that's, I mean, the fact that Dawkins and Winger went through this in Oklahoma City, I think, is is a great confidence builder to to trust it in a way that uh, you might otherwise not. But uh, this was the first of many. There will be many more to come, and we'll talk about them all with Dave Johnson, who uh, is about 45 minutes or so away from pregame at Madison Square Garden. Dave, appreciate your time as always, sir, and we will talk to you uh, multiple times
3: next week. Yeah, well, look forward to that as well. Always the Hoffman Show I look forward to. I listen on the Odyssey app. It's free. Yeah. It's free, by the way, folks.
0: That's that's what everyone needs to know. At least that's what my bosses tell me. Uh, Dave, thank you, sir. <laughs> Hi, bud. That is Dave Johnson with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, speaking of great friends of the show, high-quality people who know a lot about their subject matter expertise, Mike Gam of NFL Network joins us next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We're streaming live on YouTube as well at the Team 980. Joining us now, great friend of the show, good person. Can't wait to see him, uh, presumably out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, Indianapolis for the Combine, which, by the way, uh, and I told you this before the show, I haven't told the audience yet. I've kind of referenced this, but uh, we're taking the show back to the Combine this year. Uh, we already told people we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the combine too. We're gonna be everywhere.
1: Double dipping.
0: Lots of American Airlines Advantage points. Uh, We've <laughs> been uh, purchased uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, anyway, but very happy to welcome back to the show uh, our our great friend, host of NFL Total Access, and of course, author of the excellent children's book Fried Rice and Marinara. It's Mike. Yeah, Mike. Hello, sir.
2: Great to be with you. Always appreciate the invite. And you know, there's nothing more important than status whether it's the airline or the hotel points you, you, you gotta score big so well done by you
0: mike i'm gonna be honest with you and the audience part of the reason that i'm going to the combine is because <laughs> i was on the edge i I'm, mean I'm, you know, I'm just gonna i'm gonna be fully transparent uh i've got the gold status locked up this trip should put me over the edge for platinum status for next year oh yeah it's so no i was like I think that we need to do this. And by the way, uh, I am definitely because I'm going with uh, my my personal training uh, fitness podcast partner. Uh, he and I have gone to the combine now for like seven, eight years because uh, it's uh, like all the strength coaches are there on top of obviously all the the regular NFL people. And I was like, Chris, I'll get the hotel uh, through the American site because I need them them points. And he's like, I see you. I that's all you, man. So uh, That
2: is a vet move. By yeah. the way, I always think it's weird when people are trying to hold on to that status and they do like a cross-country flight, but they, they don't actually have a reason to do anything. They literally hop onto the plane, fly, land, and don't leave the airport and just fly back home. So the fact that you actually have an event and it's yeah. as significant as a combine, you're winning,
0: man. Yeah. And yeah, no, I was, I, I was like, you know what? This is, this is too stupid not to do it. It makes too much sense. I, I, I should do this. I, I walked out of the combine last year. I was there for like 24 hours. I, I did like a, let me get there early one morning, leave late the next afternoon, maximize a two day So I guess it was more closer than 36 hours. I was like, this was dumb next day, next year. I'm just coming for two days. Uh, so <laughs> this year we're doing that. So Hopefully, the, the the long and the short of it, Mike, is I'm looking forward to seeing you, buddy. But now we've wasted two minutes of our time on the radio <laughs> talking about my stupid travel status, even if everyone else is nodding along going, hey, Craig, you made the right move. Um, so, Mike, before you got to NFL Network, you were based in, yeah. in the Bay Area, Pac-12 Network. Um, you know, you, you kind of had a a front row seat out there on the West coast in a lot of ways to what they built in San Francisco with the Niners. And and of course, Adam Peters was a huge part of that. So I'm curious what your, uh, your vantage point of the hire that the commanders made in Peters is I highly doubt you will be the first person I've ever met saying bad things about him. I can't seem to find anyone with anything bad to say. And honestly, I'm not mad about it.
2: Uh, totally. And look, I think, you know, fans in that area should be absolutely thrilled. Number one, you look at the success that the Niners have had over the last few years, and some would point to some misses in the draft. I, I would tell you, point to the hits. And, you know, I think some of the misses have really come on the earlier rounds, which is surprising, but they've done a great job in the middle to late rounds of the draft. So there's that aspect. They've navigated free agency really well. Uh, some would argue, well, they've had deep pockets. And you look at, you know, the top five. You know, highest paid players at various positions, and they have some of those guys. Yeah, there, there's no question. You got to spend some money, and and they've done it really wisely. And I think the the emphasis on wisely is really important, especially for a team like Washington. And Craig, I remember being with you a couple weeks back, and this is before the trade deadline. I still looked at Washington's defense and felt like it was one of the better units. That was, um, you know, I, I don't want to say underrated. I think that might not be the best way to describe it. But when you see some of the moves that they made you know, Peterson is now going to come in and he's got an opportunity to, to reload this roster. There's pieces that are there, but I think, you know, case in point, we, we're probably talking about quarterbacks here with this number two overall
1: pick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that when you look, I I think like one of the things with San Francisco, you talk about the hits, the misses, whatever, like they they refined the process as they went. And the fact that they've been so successful, despite some of the high profile misses, misses specifically Trey Lance, and by the way, passing, and I thought it was interesting, Peter's, has talked about this where he's learned from the moves they made trading up for Trey Lance, but also the ones they didn't make where they probably should have taken, obviously, Mahomes, for instance, at number two uh, when they traded back with the Bears who took Trubisky and they took Solomon Thomas in that first draft where he was in San Francisco. So I I think it's been interesting to watch how they've progressed through the years and and they learned like a guy like Brandon Ayuk is a good first-round pick for them and they know how to develop it. And I'd be curious, Mike, if you have any insight on kind of that player development process. How much of that is the initial selections versus kind of what they set up as an organization to make sure that the players that they did ultimately bring in grew into what they wanted them to be? I,
2: I think it's a heavy emphasis on the latter part of your statement, which is the de- development part. You know, clearly you got to identify these guys, right? I mean, you got to feel like, hey, are they going to be a fit in our system? Can our coaches take what's a really good body of work at the college game and elevate these guys. Cause you see that across the board. Like Brandon, Ayuk, for example, you mentioned him. I got to see him when he was at ASU, pretty much saw every single snap that he played when he was in college felt like, you know, Brandon's got a really good potential to be a really good wide receiver. Did I think Brandon Ayuk was going to be the guy that I've seen, you know, this season, Honestly, like I think he's better than I thought. Uh, I thought he'd be a good wide receiver, but I think you could make an argument. If Brandon's playing for another football team, he's really not the third or fourth option in an offense. He's he's probably the second best option on most teams. So I think to your point, they've developed a guy. And, you know... this happens too, where there's these lulls, you know, coming off of that rookie season for Brandon Ayuk, you did see a little bit of that sophomore slump and the second half of, of that rookie campaign also wasn't the strongest. And I think there was a patience factor that was involved there and really coaching, coaching and, and hard messaging to Brandon that, you know, some of the drops, uh, that were plaguing him a little bit needed to be cleaned up. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. So I'm with you. I think you need to identify, but also need to project out and understand how is this guy going to fit in, into our organization around the coaches that we have here.
0: Right, which is how Peters thinks about football, which has been really cool to learn about kind of how he came to that and how he's implemented over the years, uh, over this past week that he's been on the job in Washington. Mike Yam with us from NFL Network, host of NFL Total Access. And uh speaking of the head coach side of it, uh, we had Ceciliano actually on earlier. We're double dipping NFL network awesome. today. Don't tell the department. Um they'll never let me have anybody again. Uh anyway, the point is, uh, Mike, that it, it, we we asked I asked Andrew this question and I'm curious uh your answer as well. But of the known head coaching candidates out there. Are there any that you know that have that it factor? And I and I will say uh, to give you a moment to think here, like we had sure. Andrew on specifically as well because he does the Ram stuff in the preseason and Raheem Morris is interviewing today and everyone talks about that with Raheem. So, you know, Raheem's got that it factor. You can talk about many other aspects of his and everyone else's candidacies, but when you when you think of like future head coach circle that some of the names that are floating around now, who are some of the guys that for you, you've been hearing about them for a long time and have a good feel that, yeah, that guy's going to be successful when he eventually gets a shot.
2: So the it factor thing is, is separate because I would tell you from a known commodity standpoint, when you look at Belichick comes to mind, Vavre, Vavre, Mike Vabel comes to mind. Those are guys that have done it, had success you know, Belichick may be better than than anyone who's ever done it. So there's that aspect of it. And yet oh, you turn the page and you name check some of the younger guys, the coordinators that are out there Morse obviously has had some opportunities, you know, McDonald, not not too far from you, the defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens. I would be shocked. And maybe it's not this cycle, but just like, you know, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions was a hot name a year ago. And now all of a sudden has been thrust into high demand across the board. I think it, it, it comes down to two things, you know, slow another another guy with Niners connections. Where's the tree? Who's the guy that this dude has actually learned from? So Johnson comes to mind. Sloa comes to mind. I still personally favor some of the defensive-minded coaches that are out there, um, McDonald once again to me is got to be on the short list. I, I think you, you saw a team that had some really good pieces and is now doing things that we can mention with like the '85 Bears. Uh, that team's defense, and I still think Baltimore is the most complete team in the NFL. Would be shocked if they're not you know, the last team standing won in the Super Bowl in Vegas. So he, his, his name to me is one of the first ones that, that I would point to. And, you know, the Slovak factor, I, look, I, speaking of Baltimore, rather right, their matching up against the Houston Texans this weekend, you, you saw one of the things that we saw coming off the combine a year ago, since we will circle back to that conversation, was Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, which was going to be the better fit, an unknown some question marks maybe with that coaching staff, not to say that they couldn't do it, but I think more people felt solidified that Carolina would be a better fit for any of the young quarterbacks because of the experience factor. And yet we saw quite the opposite. Carolina's a job that's available right now in a very short period of time. And yet the Houston Texans, and this is why I like Slowick as their offensive coordinator, look at development we've seen in D'Amico Ryan defensive-minded coach. So I give a lot of credit to what we're seeing from CJ um, to, to Sloak. So he's another name that I would throw into the
0: mix as well. No doubt about it. Uh, and plus, if they hire Sloak or Raheem Morris here, you can finally have a full circle moment from the 2013 Washington coaching staff picture that everyone likes to throw up. And you'd be like, oh, look, one of them finally <laughs> went back to Washington because both those guys uh, were here. Uh, again, Mike Yam, you can watch him on NFL Total Access pretty much every day, but Thursday, which is why he's often on our show on thursdays and uh if you have if you have a kiddo looking for a great book uh don't forget his children's book fried rice and marinara is available now uh very very cool book that he's talked about on our show before so if you want to learn more about the book uh go on youtube and search mike yam and my name and you'll find the history of why he wrote the book because it's very cool uh mike thank you as always sir uh we will talk soon and hopefully i'll see you in a couple weeks you're the best, man. I always appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Uh, that is Mike M, everybody, with us on the Hoffman Show. Quick look at what's trending. Then we wrap things up with real things, real people said, into real microphones. It's the Hoffman Show wrapping up here on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Real things coming up in just a moment. Tomorrow on the show, short one, uh, Georgetown Seton Hall, I believe it is, tomorrow night on the old schedule. Uh, We've got Georgetown Hoops, that much I know for you, at 6.00. 15, Anthony. Uh, will what else we got? Uh, we got uh, our picks for the weekend. So we'll go around the NFL at 5:30. We got Tim Twentyman uh, coming up at 5 o'clock. Tim is a reporter for the covering the Lions, who is really really good, and we'll have insight on Ben Johnson because Ben Johnson is interviewing for the Commanders head coaching job tomorrow. Uh, also Clinton Yates should be back with us on a Friday, although every time I. Tease that Clinton's going to be on the show. That's the weeks he can't do it, but yeah, he did miss us last week, and I think we're uh, we're actually already all squared away for tomorrow. So uh, Yates should be back with us. Uh, that's that's most of the show, Anthony.
1: That is most of the show. We're in pretty good shape. You love wow. to see
0: it, and then and then we have a weekend, and then we're actually going to have a Monday show, like on a Monday.
1: Wow, we really are. We're going to have a five day week.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm not psyched about that part, but. Monday it. shows after playoff weekends are kind of fun. Like if I could do Monday and then take Tuesday off, that'd be that'd be ideal. I agree. What if we just ask that? Like, hey, CK, during the off season, can we just take like every other Tuesday off?
1: You think that will go over well with the bosses? No, I don't think it would either, Craig.
0: If you know, you know.
1: Just. <laughs> uh.
0: Any other housekeeping? Uh, If you missed the show or any part of the show, uh, we had great stuff. Andrew Siciliano was so good. So good uh, at the 430 spot today. Uh, So that's definitely worth checking out on the podcast. Open the show with some thoughts on Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn uh, as they interviewed today for the commander's job, uh, virtually speaking, of course. Um, Let's see. What else we got? Oh, and then, of course, a reminder. That we have 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live coming up. Uh, That is on February 2nd. It's off air, on stage, uncensored. Uh, You get your tickets at BethesdaTheatre.com. It's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Uh, I think that's that's all the housekeeping, Anthony.
1: I think it is, too. All righty then. Real things. We're not going to be f- this year. Real people.
3: 5 and 11. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. All
0: right, let's see what we got for the real things today. The real things the real people said into real microphones. You know, I actually saw, Anthony, by the way, CBS Sports sent out this big press release the other day. Um... And Ian Eagle is going to be out in Las Vegas doing stuff for Super Bowl week. And so when I'm out there, I got to have Ian on set and be like, Ian, do you know that you are on Mount Rushmore of a segment of a radio show? How sick would it be if Radio Row week, I could get him and Harlan together for a segment of real things? Wow. Like, guys, I need you here at 645. This is going to be the best radio segment. You guys are going to do a million radio segments this week. This will be the one you have the most fun with. And we just we just pick out the best real things things that we've ever had. We scrounge the folders <laughs> from everything from airport screaming man. Come on. To uh, some of Ian and Kevin's best work to uh-huh. some of our favorites of all time.
1: That would be uh, a lot of sleepless nights because that would be a lot of audio to listen to. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I feel like we could... We could... Nah, I think we could get through it.
0: But, hey, if, if Harlan and Ian want to do it...
1: <laughs> that would be tough.
0: That would be nice. All right. Uh, anyway, this is a good one. I don't know if it's a Hall of Famer. Uh, DeMar DeRozan mic'd up last night.
1: You know you get old when most of the commentators,
0: people you play it against. Well, that's right. DeMar did play against Richard and J.J. played. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Uh, Ryan Rucco there on the back end of it on ESPN. DeMar DeRozan, in case you couldn't catch it. You know you're getting old when the commentators are the people that you played against. Uh, meanwhile, uh, on the other end of the, uh, let's call it seasoned vet scale, uh, Tyler Hero had a heck of a press conference last night in Miami. He learned a new word, galvanizing. Can you talk about those little contributions? What was the, the galvanizing factor that really helped you guys close it out
1: tonight? What word was that you used? Galvan- what was that? Galvanizing. <sighs> That's a big word for me, dog. <laughs> Y'all having galvanized? What? Oh,
0: Tyler. He tried. He tried so hard.
1: Yeah, the, I think the effort was there. The execution, however, Craig.
0: Like, I, he, he he went for the callback. The
1: yeah, problem like
0: is that. when you go for the callback, you got to execute.
1: Yeah.
0: The punchline that punched him. Yeah. If you will. Uh, last but not least, uh, Anthony, because I'm guessing we don't have time for the other one in the folder. Actually, do we even have time for this? Coco Goff from the Australian Open earlier in this week uh, with, with a pretty funny line as well.
1: Honestly, when I was nervous at Three All, I just told myself, I literally said, I feel good, I look good. Um, I mean, you do, you look very good. (laughs) I feel good, I look good, so just have fun. And then that was able to relax me a little bit, so.
0: I mean, that's what I do when I'm having a bad radio show. I'm like, hey, kid, nobody can see you, it's a radio show. Just kidding. We stream live on YouTube for three hours a day, and we'll do it again tomorrow on The Hoffman Show.